Welcome to another UCTV.TV podcast presented by University of California Television. And now for something a little bit different. Um, my name is Janet Tomiyama. I'm a Robert Wood Johnson Health and Society Scholar here at UCSF working with Alyssa and Barbara. And it's, I'm so pleased to introduce Paul McLaughlin, who's the Vice President of Research for the Cal Calorie Restriction Society. Um, he and his wife, Meredith Averill, who will be up here for the question and answer session as well. Um, they're really pioneers in caloric restriction and have this really immense scientific knowledge about the processes of caloric restriction. And they're actually helping us study caloric restriction here at UCSF. And their book, it's called The CR Way, is actually a bestseller on Amazon right now. Um, and it's, it's uh, an approach that's a synthesis, I would say, of the basic science in this area. And some of the aspects of their particular approach to emotional well-being have been tested empirically for decades, though not yet in humans practicing caloric restriction, so we're trying to work on that. And so Paul today is going to talk about methods and underlying rationales, what each strategy is likely doing in the brain and other parts of the body. And I think it's really interesting um, that while much of our population struggles with overeating, there is this small subset of people who actually can maintain long-term caloric restriction. And so Paul and Meredith and their novel ways to view and control effects of hunger I think can offer a lot of insights to those living with frequent hunger due to um, being hungry due to weight loss efforts. So please welcome Paul McLaughlin. Uh, good afternoon. I must say it's a real pleasure for me to be here and to actually hear your talks. I've felt quite enriched. I'm here to talk with you about calorie restriction, which is an extraordinarily healthy and happy lifestyle. That may be contrary to what you've heard in the, in the media, but I'd like to clear that up and answer a few questions about calorie restriction and what it really is. I know there are a lot of scientific minds here, so the first thing I would like to know if I want to know about this talk and what it's really about, what is calorie restriction? Another good question would be, why do it? Another good question would be, if you're interested at that point, how do we do it? And last, how do we deal with challenges like hunger? And there are a lot of dif different definitions about calorie restriction, so I thought I might open the floor and ask if anyone here might like to define calorie restriction. What, what do you think? What is calorie restriction? It's been around for 75 years in science, probably more research than any other protocol group. What is it? Fewer calories in than go out. 1,000 calories a day. Great. 1,500. Great. Great. Those are some original definitions, which is the way we used to define it. But actually, thanks to great science by you and by others here and across the country, calorie restriction has become much more defined and actually what's going on in the cell. So if you're practicing calorie restriction, like many of the studies that we've seen, you're actually down-regulating the insulin and IGF-1 pathway. There is not one successful calorie restriction study that I know that has extended life that has up-regulated those two particular hormones. Also, 
In calorie restriction as we think of it here in 2010, calorie restriction actually activates AMP kinase. And as you probably know, AMP kinase goes into activation when energy availability is low. It increases NAD, which is fa facilitates energy transfer. Lots of good things happen, very famous genes, the sirtuins, they're in, in the news a lot. So actually we find that you can't just follow a low calorie diet and get those kinds of metabolic shifts. You need to also keep glucose low and you need to keep protein moderate. So growth is slowed and the body turns from energy usage to energy production. So that's really what we think of when we think of calorie restriction right now. Well, why on earth should we do it? So what? Well, there's a good reason. Let me clear up something that you hear in the media all the time. You do calorie restriction, right, because you want to live to 120. Absolutely not. We might not even make it back on the plane from New York. I'm concerned about the now. And so are the majority of people who do CR. We do it because our health goes through extraordinary changes. Actually, at WashU, in a study that we were a part of and helped get going in 2002 and 2004, it's a longitudinal study, it actually showed that there's slowed cardiovascular aging with calorie restriction. The left ventricle, which usually uh, declines over time, its ability to pump blood actually is sustained. So our, our hearts, when they looked at those at WashU, found that we were operating like we had hearts about 15 years younger than normal. Lower blood pressure. I'm not talking about 110 over 70. I'm talking about an average blood pressure of 99 over 61. Actually, we happen to be the outliers in that. Mine was 88 over 53, and Meredith's was about the same. Reduced cholesterol, ADL, LDL, and triglycerides. Actually, triglycerides are burned vociferously. Before I started CR 17 years ago, my actually triglycerides were a risk factor. They were around 200. Now with CR, they're around 45. Decreased arterial plaque formation. Actually, we've looked inside people's arteries, including ours, and found over a period of time that there was actually from uh, four years, a period of time, there was no plaque formation whatsoever. Lower glucose levels in our cohort at WashU, the average glucose level is around 81. Less inflammation, C-reactive protein, on some of our group is actually unmeasurable. Less inflammation in uh, lower levels of growth factors, reduced cancer risk, better cognition. A great study in Germany in 2008 showed that uh, people over 60 who followed CR for eight weeks had significantly better short-term memory. And then more energy. We've actually seen that people who follow CR have more mitochondria in their muscle cells. So that's the reason why we do it, is because it changes your life. You feel energy like you never dreamed possible. But then there's increased life expectancy, and I love this study that was done by our friend, Dr. Brad Wilcox, on elderly Okinawans. He looked at them for 60 years. And with 11% CR over 60 years, they actually, at age 65, have the highest life expectancy in Japan and possibly the world, with females at 89.1 years and males at 83.5 years. 
Actually, in the CR society so far, our eldest person who has died was a male 104 years old and a female 95. However, our eldest person that we know of is still alive. He's at 108 and still going. So at any rate, um, those are some of the statistics that we have that we think about. Well, then the, the question is, so what? How do we do it? And this part is experimental. It's new, an entirely different way of approaching CR. And one reason why I love being here with Alyssa and starting a study with her, because I'm hoping that the many CR folks that we're working with now uh, will be a part of a study with her. And the way we're doing CR now is there's thousands and thousands of people coming into CR, and they want to do it. But we recommend, before limiting one calorie, to work to increase happiness levels. That's a major difference. And right now, because of all the publicity, we're working with around 575 people, all with this new approach to CR, which is increasing happiness before you start. Well, so increasing happiness, how would we do that? Well, actually, we have six steps that we follow. And it has to do with food selection and actually reflects some of the talks that I've heard here today. First step, what we do is work to help people understand how to increase serotonin in their diet. And as you know from the scientific backgrounds here, low serotonin is usually associated with depression, can be associated with suicide, anxiety, the disorders, obsessive compulsive disorder. And higher serotonin is in associated with increased happiness, with satiety, better sleep. And here's Meredith, actually. She's uh, pouring something called relaxation soup, which and we're serving for a group that's coming over uh, to be on a 60-minute show. So we pay a lot of attention to finding recipes and foods that increase serotonin as a first step to starting CR. A next step that is really easy, all you have to do is pop a pill. We found actually with great uh, work from Dr. Andrew Stoll at Harvard that uh, increasing the ratio of EPA to DHA can actually increase happiness. He's used that to treat bipolar disorders. And as it turns out in humans and all the work that we've done and with ourselves, when we increase EPA, there's actually an increase in happiness. Lower glucose levels for higher brain-derived neurotrophic factor. And this, too, is ex an experimental thing. It's something that we're hoping to work on with Alyssa. But we work a lot with helping people select foods uh, that uh, produce lower glucose levels. And actually, here's a little chart on Paul McLaughlin. It, we actually use dietary uh, tracking software. And this is a recipe that I created after I saw Cynthia, a presentation I was doing at Harvard, Cynthia Kenyon. And uh, we created this little meal called Homage to uh, Cynthia, which was had uh, some nice uh, sweet potatoes or al dente with wild rice. And you can see. On this day, my actually blood glucose started at 78. It rose to a high for my mo in the morning of 92 and averaged on 82, I believe, for the day. So at any rate, the point being when you're able to keep glucose levels at uh, this low, 
Uh, it's been shown in several studies that brain-derived neurotrophic factor increases, and you will find that many studies also show when BDNF is high, there is a state of exhilaration. Another, this could have been taken from another talk here, savoring the flavor. It's one of my favorite things, and rather than using a raisin, we use blueberries, which kind of fit within the CR mode. And uh, we train people to visualize eating a blueberry in slow motion when it's no place around, to visualize all the points in the tongue where they can taste it, how in actually, when you're actually biting into it, what it might be like, and all the places in the brain where various sensations of eating it, where they might feel that. And once they do that, then we try just eating one blueberry. And then we do the same with a walnut. And the whole point of this is to rewire the way people think about their eating. And once they do this, people go through this experience, it's much easier to be satisfied with rather than thinking about the total amount of food you're eating to the quality and taste of the food that you're eating. And rather than thinking about the food you're going to eat, to think about the food you're eating now. That's a fun part of CR. Next step, people talked about this too in other presentations. We recommend before people start CR that they do some sort of moderate exercise to increase endorphins. We also recommend that they enjoy their sexuality, which is another fun way to increase endorphins. Simple step, been proven many times that increasing endorphins are part of increasing happiness. Step six, we also do something called centering meditation, which we train people how to do. Actually, this is a part of a program that's actually on the web where people can become a part of it if they want to, and they can actually hear how to do a centering meditation. And as people talked about earlier in their presentations, the whole point of this, when we first, we were motivated to it by Alyssa's study, where she uh, did with Elizabeth Blackburn, and they showed that telomeres are actually shortened when people are under a lot of stress. Well, calorie restrictors actually have very high epinephrine. And for a good reason, because epinephrine plays a role in keeping our glucose levels at a reasonable level when you have fewer calories. But guess what? If you have higher epinephrine, you could also trigger a lot of stress. So when I began to understand your study and I began to, when we looked at Davidson's work up at Wisconsin, we began to realize that calorie restriction needs to have meditation with it as a part of the protocol. And that began to change the whole way CR was being done throughout the world. And so now we work with people to find some sort of meditation that they're comfortable with, a mantra that they feel good about, that's natural to them, and to include meditation as a part of their day. So once people actually say they're feeling happy, we think it's time for them to start. And what we try to do with CR is try to work with people to find out what their goals are. A lot of people come to CR for just healthful weight loss. Other people begin to start calorie restriction 
not hopefully, hopefully to prevent disease, but some actually come because they might have cancer now, and they've read about CR's tremendous research history showing that it may be an intervention or a prevention against cancer. But then, as I told you earlier, most people come to CR for optimal living. What we try to do to help people uh, keep track of their CR progress, we find that this actually motivates people. So we have people uh, use dietary uh, software. A study uh, recently showed that uh, people who are uh, uh, following a weight loss diet and actually track their results are much more successful than those are not. So this is a, a, a weight loss goal, actually, and uh, here a person wants to reduce their weight by a half pound a week, and uh, we have this actually appear in the software that we have at the very first thing that people see, and that has a tendency to reinforce, make them feel good that they're on the right track. One thing that I wanted to point out when you're really truly fo following CR and you want to lose weight, there's a special thing that comes into play. And I was talking earlier about the shift from fat storage to actually fat burning. And what we know is, if you're practicing CR in the correct way, that the serotonin gene actually comes and it blocks uh, PPAR gamma. That's the fat receptors. So it actually becomes very hard for people to gain weight. Body fat is burned vociferously. So what people who are serious people who are really following a CR diet often have to watch out is about losing too much weight. Uh, a lot of people always ask when we're in the media and giving media interviews, how do we ch deal with challenges like hunger? And actually, we hear from people who are doing normal diets that hunger is to be avoided, and people have all kinds of strategies about how they avoid hunger. But actually, in CR Wave followers, hunger is a choice. If people are afraid of hunger, we try to work with them to help them find lots of low-calorie foods that are high in fiber. We can fill you up with so many foods like that that you'll never be hungry for your entire day. Or, if you're really not afraid of hunger, we have a tendency ourselves when we're practicing CR to be a bit hungry, usually at night, usually lasts for about 15 minutes, and then hungry in the morning before we start eating. Well, I always thought that it was a good thing to be hungry before you ate in the first place, so that really seems like a pretty natural thing. One nice part about being willing to accept just a little bit of hunger during the day is that we know that ghrelin, the hunger hormone, down-regulates uh, mammalian target of rapamycin, which is actually a major aging pathway. So uh, it's also associated with increased rates of cancer. So that's one thing that we think about is the biochemistry that's going on with the things that we include in a CR way diet. And then last, I just thought it would be fun, when we're thinking of putting together CR recipes, one of the things that we think about, we were influenced by this wonderful book, David Kessler's The End of Overeating, and there he talks about 
how food companies include hedonic principles to get to you to eat more of bad foods. But you know, if you put an idea out there, it just may be used for other purposes. And so when we are working with people to help them understand about CR recipes and how to enjoy them, we also incorporate these hedonic principles, such as visual appeal, pleasing aroma, contrasting textures, taste, and flavors. This morning, for example, I had uh, some cereal with some blueberries on it, but for a little contrasting taste, I added a little bit of lime juice, which actually lowers the glycemic effect of that uh, particular uh, uh, combination, but it also adds contrast. So we also think about mouthfeel and how people may enjoy the food as they eat it, and we use vegetable spreads and nuts for that. So uh, in any case, that's a little overview about how we approach CR, how we increase happiness to get people to be able to enjoy CR more. And what I thought I would do is invite uh, my wife, Meredith, who is chairman of the board of the CR Society, actually report to her in the CR Society. She is also the co-author of the CR Way. And I thought I would invite her up here and see if you have any questions for us. I'm just out of curiosity, I did a PubMed search and started looking at some of the CR studies that have been published in medical journals. And um, I couldn't believe that they were calling 2,000 calories CR. Right, my point, and I, I mean, I looked at several of these articles and I thought, are, are you just giving normal, healthy eating, given our sedentary lifestyle, a new label. And I, I also Googled you guys, and I actually eat less than your wife does. Uh, you eat 1,600 calories. I don't think I... 1,600 calories would be a big day of eating for me. And, you know, I look around the room, and let's say none of you have... I have Now, if, if, if all of us were sedentary, and I'm sure you're not, but if you were sedentary, then there's no way we're eating much more than what you're talking about. So are you just relabeling normal, healthy eating? That's just a great question. I'm so glad you asked it because it's something I really meant to address when I was speaking. And is we, all, hear, we hear a lot about those who are overweight and obese, but we feel that whether you call yourselves calorie-restricted or not, there are approximately 100 million Americans who are eating few enough calories to call themselves calorie-restricted. And when a lot of people, like if you came to us and said, I want to start a calorie-restriction diet today, I would say, you're already on it. Do not, do not limit one calorie more. However, this is very important. We would want to work with you to think about cell signaling. And that, you know, I talk about this, we've talked a lot about this on media, in the media reports that we've done. It's never been reported once, because when we talk about cell signaling, that gets a little bit complex, and they, you can't really sell magazines with that. So in any case, when we're talking about cell signaling, if you remember the one thing that I was showing about the new definition of CR, which is downregulation of the insulin IGF-1 pathway. And I showed that we also need to keep glucose levels low. We need to keep 
protein levels low because if you separately from calorie restriction if you eat a high protein diet the chances are you will send IGF-1 through the roof and you have just negated the whole cell signaling pathway, a major pathway, you've increased your risk for cancer. If you've got cancer already, you've probably increased metastasis. That's very important. Now, we had some of our slimmest CR people. This past, you know, past couple of years, this is kind of sad. They really limited calories a lot. Fasting glucose levels, 200. Both died of pancreatic cancer. So people need to think about these things a lot. When we've done CR workshops and some of the supposedly, in quotes, healthiest people come together for a CR workshop, we pass out glucometers. 75% have fasting glucose over 100, a risk factor for diabetes. That's some people have to think about that. Now, you might think, for instance, you are going to go home and eat a really healthy CR meal. So you're going to choose sweet potato. That sweet potato can either be a great food or it can be a monster. If you have, if you cook that sweet potato to the point where it is mush, it will send glucose levels through the roof like a Roman candle. If you eat it in kind of a, if you're willing to have it more al dente, it's your friend. Yes, and also another thing is vitamins. If you take niacinamide when you start, it downregulates down all of the sirtuins that you wanted to have going for you. So you really, when we're talking about cell signaling, people really need to pay attention to that. Even if they're eating few enough calories, they may not get any benefits at all, and they may be at risk. Yeah. Yeah, great question. Well, one of the things that we really do with the CRY that I didn't mention is we have a lot of hands-on support with people. It's just not people on the website in a cold kind of electronic uh, environment, but rather we actually, every two weeks, we have teleconferences with people, and there are a lot, there's a lot of personal communication going on. And we actually have one of our see our folks sitting here in the audience. We have are really a tightly knit, very close supportive network. And there are people coming with eating disorders, people who are obese, people coming to CR for all kinds of different reasons. And everyone is welcome. And we want to, people to benefit from it in any way they want. They don't have to do it like Meredith and I do. It could, they, they take a piece, whatever piece that they can fit, whatever works for them. And so that's the way we try to bring people to this. Because a lot of people are going to never do it. But if they get just one good idea that improves their lives, that's a good thing. And that's how we try to approach it. Thank you so much, May I Paul. make one? Yes. One of the things that we also do is because CR is a major lifestyle change for people who are just starting, we ask them to... We ask people who are just starting CR to be sure to go to their doctor, have a physical, especially if they haven't had one for a while, look at the CR benchmarks that, that are in the CR way that will uh, let the doctor and them know how they are then, X months, weeks later, after, or whatever the doctor and, and they decide, they'll look at those again and see what the effects are, 
and and there's there's just no there's there's nothing like knowledge on this and and we don't want people you folks to think that this is just totally a freelance thing throw it out there let them do it fend for themselves and yeah. so forth You've been listening to a podcast by University of California Television. For more information about this program or UCTV, visit us online at uctv.tv.